Good morning, everyone. In one way, I appreciate Edwin's absence because it allows me the opportunity to be here with you this morning. And in another way, I apologize for Edwin's absence because I am here this morning. I really appreciate Edwin and the opportunities that I've had to be with him and spend time with him and meet him this summer. And you are all so blessed. He's so wonderful, and I really appreciate the work that he does, uh, both with me and with the congregation here. Just as a little bit of an introductory remark, for most people who first hear me start speaking, if they haven't already asked already, are wondering in the back of their mind, Josh, are you sick? Let me clarify, no, I'm not sick. I've not lost my voice. I just like to think I haven't found it yet. This is my voice. If you would please just bear with me through the rest of the morning then as we are going to talk about the prodigal son and the long journey that he had had. Before we get into that this morning, I'd like to read you a poem. A poem of a man who was defeated and broken. It's called Defeated by Kyle Bleeding. Can't feel the wind brush my face. Lost in sorrow. I feel my life is just a waste. So much hurt inside. Darkness in my thoughts. Too many times I've cried. Can't feel the sunlight warm my skin. Can't take it anymore. The sadness grows from within. Broken wings, I can no longer fly. I'm a fallen hero. All I want is to die. Can't feel the cold kiss my cheek. I'm giving up. I accept my defeat. Can't feel the essence of my soul. My heart stops beating. I finally let go. What a tragic poem. This was a poem written by a man who no longer had a will to live and was found as he no longer did. These were his last words as he gave up his feet. He saw his life as broken and meaningless. He saw the detriment of his life and the change that needed to take place no longer as a difficulty. He saw it as an impossibility. And he gave up. We're going to see this morning our spiritual lives in that same state. We're going to see this morning a young man who traveled far away from his father. And in his long journey, he had a short walk with his father. He had a long walk away from his father. He hit rock bottom. And he had to turn around and have a long walk back to his father. We're going to see this morning a man whose life was in the same kind of destruction of this man who has uh, taken his life. But a success story. Because he turned around and he walked back. As we talk about repentance this morning, we're going to see this young man and see ourselves in that story. But I'd like to read that story. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, 
We're going to start in verse 11 and read the long walk of the prodigal son. And he said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. And not many days later, the young son gathered everything together and went on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and sent him into the field to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. And no one was giving him anything. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I am dying here of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and he came to his father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. But the father said to his slaves, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. And bring the ring and put it on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For the son of mine who is dead has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. This is a parable we know we have heard hundreds of times. But as we look this morning, first thing I want to note is that the prodigal son had a short walk with his father. That short walk, that first few verses at the beginning, and what characterized that walk when he was with him, his father loved him. His father cared so much for him. He would have done anything for him. He showed his love for him. The son, from that love, had a promise of an inheritance. He knew the provisions his father was making for him after he was to die. But the sad thing about this short walk with his father was that he had no love for his father. While he was there and in his father's house for that short period of time during or at the beginning of the parable, he didn't care for his father. He did not in any way reciprocate that love which his father had. How do we know that? Because the father took the blessing that his father was going to give him. And the only thing he had on his mind was me. 
Me, me, me. What is the inheritance? Give me the inheritance that is to fall to me. We have a short walk too. In which we recognize that our Father loves us. Our Heavenly Father loves us dearly. And you may ask, how do we know that? How has He blessed us so much that we know that He loves us? One thing I always find remarkable is to hear a five-year-old pray. You ever heard a child pray? And they, they know they're supposed to. They don't know what to pray about. So what do they start doing? They start looking around. Thank you for the silverware. Thank you for the plate. Thank you for my dog and my family. It's so precious. But they have that mindset that they're just looking around and they see all the blessings in their life. They see all the wonder. They know how much they've been taken care of. We can do the same thing, can't we? We as children of God can look around at those physical things. We can thank God for our silverware. Thank God for the food in front of us, which we do so often. We can thank God because not only has He taken care of our physical life, the fact that He has given us the very breath that we are breathing and we are sitting here this morning, the fact that He has given us our health to a greater or less degree, the fact that He has given us our ears and our eyes and intelligence that we can know Him, But he's taking care of our spiritual bodies too. He's fed us with the words from his mouth. It is said in John chapter 7 that from Jesus' bowels come waters streaming to life. Jesus said in John 4, I am the living water and we can drink from that. We've been so blessed and we understand that our Father loves us here in this life. But we also understand that He's given us a promise. That He's prepared something for us. Not for this life. But He's promised an inheritance for us. Something that will last forever. But the sad thing is, is that at a time in our life, we can recognize that through our actions, we have no love for our Father. All these blessings that God has given us simply become the means and the fuel to burn the fires of our own lusts, our own desires, what we want. We squander all these blessings that God has given us. Sin in itself is inherently selfish. The questions I want to ask. Who are you thinking about when you steal from your boss? You may think, I don't do that. Who are you thinking about when you lie to your husband? 
Who are you thinking about when you bend all the rules for your taxes? Each of us have our own struggles. And it's only going to be you that knows those. A lot of times because we keep our sin to ourselves and they're so secretive. But who are you thinking about as you commit those sins? It's not God. It's not God on your mind when you're thinking about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all those things we fall subject to. Sin is inherently selfish. And so with this short walk, will we recognize that God has blessed us so much It's a short walk, simply preparing to walk away. And so next, in the story of the prodigal son, the prodigal son has a long walk away from his father. He's left. His whole manner of life was changing. Why did he have to go away to a faraway country? Because he couldn't do the things that he wanted to do while in his father's house. It wasn't his father's desires that he was going to live by anymore. It was going to be his own. So he went away. Isn't this what Jonah did too? He didn't want to live by the desires of the Lord. So he ran away. He thought, if I can get as far away as possible, I can do whatever I want. This is the prodigal son. And what do we find the prodigal son doing now that he's gotten far away? The brother remarks that he's squandered all of his inheritance on prostitutes. Could he have done that in his father's house? His father's blessings, all those things that he recognized that he had been blessed with, were going down the drain in service of himself. And he still had no love for his father. How can we do this? How can we be like this prodigal son? We may think, even if my life has changed, it's not so bad, is it? I'm at church on a Sunday morning. I read my Bible occasionally. I'm a good person. But I want to ask you a question. When was the last time you did something not selfish, but entirely selfless? Serving without thought of return or benefit for you. When was the last time you gave money to a homeless person who you never expected to see again? When was the last time you gave up watching your favorite TV show to visit a shut-in? When was the last time you forsook sleeping in on a Saturday to go knocking door to door because you understood that people in your neighborhood are in need of the gospel and in need of salvation. 
These aren't things that we do on our, on our own, or in the sense that it's because it's doing me a great good. You can think of being fiscally responsible. Giving money to homeless people is not financially wise. But it's selfless. How often do you find yourself doing things selflessly? And in that sin, we often find ourselves in instead. Is this what God has given us breath for? Is this what God is taking care of us for? Is this why God takes care of our physical body? Or is it because He desires for us to be selfless? But then we find the prodigal son as he hit rock bottom. I didn't even know the origin of this idiom. I had no idea where this term came from. And I learned throughout the course of this week that it comes from drug addicts. And they fall into that point where they can't get up anymore. But we find this prodigal son as he hit rock bottom. How low did he stoop? How low was he? The prodigal son was famished. He was starving. He had no money left. He was a Jew who was feeding swine. We know from the intertestamental periods, we've probably at least heard of Antioch and Epiphanes who offered the pig on the altar of the Lord and defiled it. Pigs were the most disgusting thing to the Jews. And this is the man who had stooped that low. That's how low he was. There was no going any lower for the prodigal son. It could only go up from there. I'll read you a story. Someone had asked the question, what does it really mean to hit rock bottom? This is from the Narcotics Anonymous site. At the end of 13 years, I was doing one sixteenth pound of meth a day. I was 85 pounds. I'd lost all my back teeth, top and bottom. My house was in foreclosure. My cars were being repossessed. I actually sold one of them for a song so that uh, just to buy more dope. My husband was gone. My son had graduated high school and moved away to college. My stepson had gone to live with his biological mother. I was facing 11 felony accounts against me. I had lost all self-respect. Any sense of self-preservation and all hope. I cried into the phone for this woman to please help me. I told her it was hard enough just to get to the point where I was asking, even begging for help, and then to be turned away. I hung up the phone and felt more desperate than I have ever felt in my life. I was standing at the principal's. I felt a certain, uh, I felt certain that I was going to fall, that when I did, I was going to die. 
This is the story of a woman who was addicted to meth. And she saw her life in a complete ruin. You can understand from Bear, and Bear's not too far away from me, but understand the detriment and the destruction that happens with drugs. And she saw that what it, the toll that it took on her life. She had nothing left. She had no house. She had no family. She had no money. All she had was an addiction. She was faced with felony accounts. She lost all of her teeth. And it's at this point that I want to say we're probably not addicted to drugs. But that sin has the same effect on our life. Sin has the same destroying power that it can turn our spiritual life into complete ruin. But we have nothing left. The one thing that she remarked at the end is that she had no hope. She had nothing to live for. She stood recognizing that when she fell, she was never going to get up. She was as good as dead. And we in our spiritual life hit rock bottom. So as the prodigal son recognized that he was no longer blessed by his father, all of his father's blessings were gone. We with the sin in our life have nothing. He was alone. He was helpless. He had no one to take care of him, no one to be there with him. He was in a faraway country, and all of his so-called friends were gone. He had nothing left. And so he began to think, there's only up from here. But his heart began to return to his father's house. He thought, it was better for me there. That's the, what made him turn his life around. What caused him to pick up and go back to his father's house. Because he recognized, it was better for me there. We can talk about heaven a lot. But the one thing that really doesn't exist is heaven on earth. Because it's so much better for us there. Where sin can't plague us anymore. Where the thought of death no longer lies upon us. But this is what caused him to go back to his father. He knew he had to turn around. For the prodigal son's sake, he couldn't wallow there in his self-misery or the paws of the swine. He recognized that there was nothing there. And so, He also recognized that he could not maintain his current way of life. 
He had to go to a faraway country to do all these things. And if he was going to go back to his father's house, he couldn't keep those things. He couldn't keep his current way of life. He couldn't take his prostitutes back to his father's house. But as he went back, he realized his father still loved him. His father still cared so deeply for him. So much so that he was looking for him to come back. He was waiting. And while he was still far away off, his father went and met him. Grobe garbed him in the finest robe. Put a ring on his finger. Showed him the love that he had had for him all along. As we recognize in the walk of a Christian, we may have a long way back to our Father. We may have a lot of change that has to take place in our life. We can't lie anymore. We can't live for ourselves anymore. And what's sad about Christian life, most oftentimes, and some of the Christians that I've met, is that they think, I can take my sin with me. I can keep sinning and be on my way back to the Father. I can maintain and keep the fact that I'm a good person. I went to church once a week. It's wonderful. And with all those good things, I can keep the pornography in my life. I can keep listening to awful and degrading music. The fact of the matter is, and we recognize that the change has to take place in our life, that change has to be so complete that we have to leave all those things behind and repent. And we can't wallow in those sins because there's no hope in that. The end of it is death. And there's nothing more for us. That's it. That's the end. Whereas, for the prodigal son, he's now walking with his father. He's now living in the love of his father. Sometimes we see that we have to repent from these sins in our lives. That sin can be so consuming. And we think, it's so hard. I can't get it out. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I just can't fix it. It's hopeless. What I wanted to share with you this morning is the story of the young man who did it. The young man who turned his life around. And the story of the father who was waiting for him to do so.
the story of the father who was sitting there waiting, looking, hoping. So as you recognize whatever sin that it is in your life that you still have a hard time battling with, you can do it. You can get it out of your life. It's going to take a long walk, a long journey. But you can do it. And that there's an inheritance, there's a promise waiting for you forever. And there's hope once again. Why is there hope? Why is it that Adam's race that was plagued with sin can live with God forever? Because God had a son. And in the most selfless act, He gave Himself. He came to this earth and lived and died for us. He wore a crown that was not befitting His glory. He was hailed as a king and seated on a cross. And with that, he died. And he gives us the hope that we can live again with him forever. So now, if you haven't begun your journey, if you haven't even begun to turn your life around, Please recognize that wherever you are, you're hopeless and you're dead. Please recognize that there is no positive end to living without God. To live for living without the Father. And I would beg you this morning to turn around. Turn around and let that old man of sin die. Let him be buried with Jesus in a watery grave so that you can rise and walk and lose some life. So that you can have hope again. If you have any need this morning, whether it's a sin that you're struggling with that you need help with, that you're having a hard time fighting out of your life, One thing I've learned from Edwin is how loving this group is. How willing they are to help. And how loving our Lord is that He would receive you now. If you have any need this morning, please come forward now as we stand and we sing this song.